You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. John chapter 5. And we're going to be taking a reading from the first 15 verses. John chapter 5. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Okay, let's read together. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Somebody will rise this morning in Jesus' name. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we come before you once again. And we are asking that you will breathe into us your life. As we meditate on the scriptures, let eternity come into us. Let your divine power encounter us. Let our lives be transformed. Lord, let the word wash us. Let the word feed us. Let the word heal us. Let the word transform us. Let the word lift us. In the name of Jesus, thank you, O Lord. Spirit of the living God, we yield to you. Say, help the teacher, help the hearers. That at the end of it all, only Jesus will be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, um, I wrote here that I don't know for certain which is the truth, why the Holy Spirit wants me and wants us to deal with this text. But I know he wants to do something, praise the Lord. I really know he wants to do something because I just got stuck on it. I got stuck on it, I'll try to move, you know, you know it's, this is where he wants us to be, this is where he wants us to be. So I know 
that somebody is going to be touched. Amen. Somebody is going to have an encounter in the name of Jesus Christ. So our text starts by telling us about um, our Lord Jesus going to Jerusalem. And in this particular account, he went to a place called Bethesda. And this place had five porches. And verse 3 says, In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And the first thing that I want us to look at from this account is the word multitude. You know, the Bible over time gives us, you know, accounts of what happened in numbers. So in some places it will say few, in some places it will say multitude. And I found out that everywhere multitude is, you know, referred or the numbers are given to us as multitudes. Each one had a distinct lesson for us to learn. And we're going to come back to this account, but in Mark chapter 5, from verse 24 to 31, we have the account of another multitude. Whereas in our text, in our text today, verse 3 says, a great multitude of sick, of sick people. That's what our text says, praise the Lord. A great multitude of sick people. But in Mark chapter 5, we see a great multitude of people who are not sick. So I call them the thronging multitude. This was a great multitude. They were doing one thing. They were thronging on Jesus, okay? They were well, they were healthy. Maybe they didn't have any needs, or maybe they didn't discern the needs they had. But what we are told of this multitude was that this multitude surrounded Jesus, and they were following him. We don't know for how long, maybe an hour or two or three or four or five but in the midst of this multitude, the Bible tells us of a woman who was infirm for 12 years, who had tried physicians and lost her money, lost everything she had. And this woman, in the midst of this multitude, said, if I can touch Jesus' garment, not even the whole garment, just the hem, I will be made whole. Praise the Lord. And you know the story, what happened? In that account, in the midst of that multitude, that woman got there, touched Jesus' garment, and our Lord Jesus said, what did our Lord Jesus say? He said, somebody touched me. Now, if you do a bit of mathematics, it means that our Lord Jesus said, the multitude equals zero. Because Peter said, the multitude are pressing on you. How can you say somebody touched me? Jesus was saying that all the touch of the multitude is zero. Somebody. If, I, if 50 people touch me and I say somebody touched me, is it that no, I, I'm crazy? Am I right? Or that the 49 didn't touch me? I get what I'm saying. So whenever you read the Bible and you see multitude, ask the Lord, give me wisdom. So that I won't be amongst the multitude. That's what I'm trying to say. Praise the Lord. So that multitude, that's what we found. They were strong. They were excited. They were looking. They were moving. But all their encounter, all their rubbing off on Jesus meant nothing. If that woman was not in that story, they probably wouldn't tell us the story. Praise the Lord. Now, the same way in our text here today, I think there's another one also. There's another one. I call that one the loafing multitude. That's John 6, 26. In this multitude, they were following Jesus. I, you know, if you go and read it further, they were following Jesus. And at a point, Jesus turned and said to them, you seek me not because you saw the signs. Praise the Lord. You seek me not because you saw the signs. Why are you seeking me? He said, because you ate of the loaves and we're filled. So this multitude were pressing on the master. We're pressing on the maker of heaven and earth. And the singular desire they had was give us bread to eat today as you gave us yesterday. Praise the Lord. And um, Lord and Savior Jesus said to them, what? I know what you're looking for. You also know the advice he gave to them. He advised them. Don't seek me because of the food that what? That perishes. It says, seek me for the food that what? Endures and abides to eternal life. So that's another multitude. In your own Bible study, find the other multitudes. And see how no matter the multitude you find yourself in. To separate yourself. Why we had to take note of this is. We're in a generation where with information and all of that. We're so acquainted with numbers. 
Okay, so we can get carried away, but the Bible always gives us all the numbers and then separates something for us. Praise God. In our own account, we have a multitude that the Bible says is great and is a multitude of sick people. In this group, there were blind people, there were lame people, there were paralyzed people, and they all had one thing in common. They were waiting for the moving of the water. And the Bible tells us what goes on there. It says, for an angel, verse 4 now, and I'm reading verse 4 of our text. An angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So these people were in a waiting game and it was not an ordinary waiting game. You see, when we read the Bible, let's ask the Holy Spirit to bring us into that scenario. So imagine this man, blind, lame, you know, uh, um, paralyzed and all of that. And they were waiting. I don't know the distance. I couldn't figure the distance. And everyone amongst them wanted one thing. They wanted to beat their neighbor. Praise the Lord. Let, let me show you what the text said. It said, verse 4 said, whoever stepped in first... So it was a competitive waiting. Are you with me? There was a multitude here. So there can be love in their midst. Do you understand? No, there, there is no comradeship. Everybody wanted, I better pass my neighbor. Jump and pass. You know, fall down and die. Because it's my turn. Praise the Lord. Everyone there said, it's my turn. Every other person is an enemy. Why? Because the way this thing operated was that when the angel, so-called angel, comes and stirs the water, it is the first person that enters. There is no provision for second, no provision for third. So every time it happened, one person will get in and he will leave the multitude. Then the rest of the multitude, I don't know what they will do, but maybe they will all look at that one leaving and wish they were the one. Or maybe even wish him back to join them in their misery. You know, they say uh, we, uh, pain or what? Misery loves company, right? So we, we don't know what was going on, but this was the scenario these people were at. You can imagine the attention. You can imagine the focus. You can imagine how they were sensitive, you know, to make sure they pick this moving of the water so that they will get there first. And from the account of the, of the man that our Lord Jesus made, we can begin to see that some of them may have even employed an army of assistants that will help them. Because that's why when he was asked, what did he say? He said, I have no man. So you can see an industry come out here. And what is all this thing about? Is about being the first person to get into the pool when the water is stirred. And then one is healed at a time. If this is not crazy hope, I don't know. But, you know, you read this story and you must have compassion for the unsaved. Because I don't know what gives the unsaved persons hope and assurance in this world. It doesn't make sense. The way they talk, the way they boast, the way they plan. And the Bible says, you who say tomorrow I go there and I buy this and I build that and I do that. He says, who assures you that even the tomorrow you see? But you see, the, the, the world, we, we, are not that, we are not as sensible as we are. We are not as reasonable. Economics will teach us, say, all things being equal. But we know all things have never been equal. Okay? So when you finish, you just add that. So that, that was the situation we, we find in this multitude. We're going to come back to them, okay? Now, verse 5 now begins to say to us, in this multitude again, one man. I, if, if, I'm, if I'm taking something from here already... I'm saying to myself, no matter the mixture, the mix, the environment I find myself, I can be distinguished. Praise the Lord. No matter the mix, I'm in Nigeria, but I can be distinguished. I'm a Christian in this generation. I can be separate. Praise the Lord. We have the account of Joshua and Caleb. Amongst 12 spies, how many? Ten said, no way. The two said there is a way. And amongst the entire generation, those 20 and over, imagine the number. Only two of them. Praise the Lord, somebody. I, I want you to begin to see yourself as powerful. See yourself as, you know, you, you, you must, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. 
Multitudes make us conform. Environments try to tell us you should conform. But it says, do not be conformed. What should you do? It says, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let the word you hear transform you. Somebody say, amen. Amen. I will not be conformed. So everybody is doing it. Mm-mm, it's not for me. I'm not part of the mud teaching. I am different. I can be different. That's what we are hearing today. Amen. So in this multitude, there was a certain man, and the Bible says his infirmity had been on for 38 years. I want to believe he must be the oldest, or rather not the oldest, the, the, um, the person with the longest affliction here. Because we, we, I was trying to search the scriptures to see why did our Lord Jesus go to just this man. And based on what the Bible says, Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, praise the Lord, he went to him, okay? So, I want to believe from that statement that Jesus went to him because he was the oldest failure in the group. Are you with me? Do you agree or do you have anyone we can add to? It says, he looked at him. And knew that this man had been there, what? A long time. So, most likely, he had been in that condition longer than every other person. Now, what also that begins to say to me is this. We've talked about multitude. Now, how long I've been in a situation does not write me off. It may just be setting me up. It may just be that I'm so close now to my hour of deliverance. The Bible says weeping may endure for what? The night. But what happens? Joy comes in the morning. So you just can't tell me, oh boy, give up. I, don't, I can't give up because you never know. As we see in this story, this man must have seen the highest number of people living there. He had been there for so long. The first time, the second time, the seventieth time, the hundredth time the water was dead. He was he could tell the history. But on this certain day, the Bible says our master came. And when he came, he went straight to him and engaged him. There's something there. I don't know if we'll have the time to deal with it today, but we may deal with it uh, maybe on Wednesday. Where I had wondered, our Lord Jesus saw him there. Everybody in that environment was waiting for the stirring of the water, isn't it? So that there will be the first person to enter into the pool, isn't it? Okay, so he was there not to eat. He was there, what? To be made whole. So I also, you know, didn't immediately get, why would our master ask him, do you want to be made well? Praise the Lord. Why will he ask him that? You've been to a hospital, you know, pay consultation to see the doctor. And then the doctor says, do you want to be made well? Or do you just want sick leave? I think the doctors can ask that in our time because some people go to the hospital to get, you know, sick leave paper. Am I right? (laughs) Praise God. Or you want an exam or something to be postponed. Anyway, so he said to him, do you want to be made well? And you're wondering what is going on here. This man... Is in this environment. He's been there for such a long time. Why won't he want to be made well? But if you step a bit back and look at our time, you might begin to see what may be going on here. Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the spectacular can be engaging. The Bible says at certain times, what will happen? An angel will come. And then the angel will stir the water. Then you can imagine the friends in the whole environment. Then everybody will rush, rush, rush. Then somebody say, who got him first? Who got him first? It's possible it had become a system. It's possible it had become something so engaging that the whole talk in that environment is, when will the angel come? What is going to happen? And people got involved in that and their life revolved around that. Why? Because at the end of the day, from what I see here, 99% of the people who are there will remain there. It's one person pastoring. Are you with me? It's one person pastoring. And they were still there. It should have been that when people come there and see one person, they go and respect that person. But, you know, you, know, you, you look at that. 
you must ask yourself the same question. What we're doing with religion now, are we sure that when we come to God, when we come to church, we're not just coming for hysteria? Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes, you see, are we sure that we're not just coming and then from time to time, you know, somebody comes where testimonies are shared and the person shares testimony and then we share, then we just go. No expectation, no faith, no, you know, no, nothing telling you that God is on the throne. We sang a powerful song. I love that song, God, Great God. Do you know who you came to meet with today? Or is it just a Sunday routine? Praise the Lord, somebody. Where did you come to this morning? When you, last night as you went to bed, what was the meditation of your heart? During the week while you were facing that challenge at work on the road, did you say to yourself, I'm going to gather with the brethren? I'm going to come to the house of God. Did you say to yourself, this issue that is confusing me, as I go to the house of God today, cancer will come, insight will come, deliverance will come, direction will come. If you didn't say that, you have been carried away with the story. Because you can come and you say, last Sunday, if you see what the choir wore, ah, this Sunday they wore jogging suit. Ah, next Sunday, what would they wear? Last Sunday, Pastor, what is this Sunday? What will he wear? Last Sunday, they sang this song. This Sunday, you can engage in all of that and it can keep you busy. It can keep you busy. You can even become deeper now and say, Last Sunday, Sister So, wore too much makeup. She's backsliding. Let me watch her next Sunday. You, you, you can become holy police. You, you can just get into that and say, this, you know, brother, I don't know now, the way he's talking these days, I don't, you know, you, you can just get into the motion and you come to church for 38 years. I told us, you know, what, um, uh, Obani is no longer a young man. What, what the question, a, a, a master key question, he asked the mom. I think he must have been under 10 there. He said to the mom, this church we're going to, when will we graduate? When are, when are we going to graduate? Ah, I'm going to school, I graduate. When will I graduate from church? Ask yourself, when will you graduate? <laughs> or maybe ask your neighbor. So, so the, the, these people had something that engaged them. That's why Jesus asked the man, can I interrupt you? Help me ask your neighbor, please. Can the Holy Ghost interrupt you? Can he interrupt you? Can he just get the attention? Can you lift your eyes beyond the activities? The end of the year is coming. So there are going to be all manner of camps. You know, Shiloh, Zalo, you know, mountain, river. All kind, people will go. What? They plan for from the year they plan to go. And you're asking yourself... Are you looking at the God who inhabits eternity? Do you know that this God does not dwell there, nor here, nor there? Do you, I mean, why restrict God to something and plan your life? These people, they, 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 maybe they told them, the days the sun moves like this are the days the angel most likely will come. And then when the angel is going to come, he'll come from this direction. So they would occupy themselves. Whereas at the end of the day, they knew one person... The first out of a great multitude, not a multitude, great multitude, and they were still there. May the master interrupt us in the name of Jesus. May he bring us out of that thing that has, you know, when I read that story, and, and, and Vastri says, in this lay great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, Waiting for the, the way, the way I read it was that these people were paralyzed by their waiting for the moving of the water. They were paralyzed by their focus on the spectacular, missing the spiritual. They were paralyzed by their focus on the addendums, you know, the things that surround what is that? What is that? The, the truth is this. If you really like, I, I think it was, a, was there the sermon yesterday or maybe the one when we traveled that Pastor Chris was speaking. The, the thing about this 
this our relationship with God. It's very simple, though. If you are coming to God, maybe I need to jump in and just yeah, uh, uh, preempt myself. If you're coming to this God and you're not asking yourself, what is my level of connection in trusting and obeying every moment? You have gone into that group where you're taken over by the activities and the gatherings and the stories and everything around. Because every moment God is speaking to you. God is speaking to me. God is speaking to every one of us. And if you come and you don't hear him, it's not because he didn't speak. It's because you were distracted by other things. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, let's continue with that text. So he he said to him, do you want to be made whole? And the sick man answered him and said, sir, in other words, I want to be made whole, but let me, you know, be an advocate for this man. But I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So I always get beaten because I have no man, but I'm still here without any man. So what am I waiting for? And then when a man comes, The first thing you say to the man is, I have no man. Is someone listening? Do you want to be made whole? Yes. Why haven't you then? But the first thing this man said, why? He had entered into his problem. He had owned it. He had become a defense for his condition. A defender. But he was still in the same environment. Now, now we, we can't really, you know, go so much into this detail because we, we, we don't know what the man's options were. But maybe one of his options would be to go home. But he didn't go home. Praise the Lord. But his heart, you know, was no longer there because he knew from his statement that he would never get healed there. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, I want my faith back. The Bible says whatever, one of the you know, most powerful, clearest, simplest statement in the Bible, whatever is not of faith is what? What is sin? Sin is missing the mark. Sin is disobedience. In this case, you might not call it disobedience. Sin is simply not, you see, it's out of God can't walk with it. So why do I come to God and not expect him to touch me? Why is this man here? Praise the Lord, somebody. Why is he here? Knowing he doesn't have a man, knowing he will never make it to be the first, then why is he still there? I'm saying this to us so that we can challenge ourselves. Praise the Lord. So that we can challenge ourselves and make contact. Because as we see down in the story, see what happened now. In verse 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and what? And walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. I I want us to now go from this man and come to ourselves. Because all that we're talking about this man, let's call them, you know, projections and, you know, extrapolations and all of that. But Jesus, who is the same Jesus to us now? We don't have the pool, we don't have that situation, and we don't know the details. But our Lord Jesus comes and says to this man, rise, take up your bed and walk. I want you to follow me. And a man who had been infirm 38 years got up, took up his bed, and started walking. Praise the Lord. Jesus goes to a man who had been infirm for how many years? 38 years, not 38 hours. And says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the man got up. This man didn't have faith. Praise the Lord. This man didn't know Jesus. This man was not expecting anything. But the word came to him and the word brought results. Somebody hit your body and say, body, make contact. Because part of the things that struck out for me, I said, you spoke this word and it is as you spoke it. Just like you said, let there be light. And there is light. And the Bible tells us, John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was what? 
the word and the word was with God and the, the word of God is God. Praise the Lord. The word came to this man and he became what the word. Jesus didn't say, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the man said, I have nobody to lift me. Praise the Lord. With what this man said later on, who made you well? He said, I don't know. It shows us, I, I want us to see things here. So that as Christians, because you see, we're living in a time where the world is changing and the attack on our faith is increasing and all of that. And if you're not careful, if you don't increase the intensity and the, um, you know, the depth of your understanding and relationship with God, you can be blown away. The Bible says, if the days are not shortened, even the very elect are going to be endangered, okay? You, you must post a statement like this and, you know, review your valuation of the word. We're going somewhere. The Bible says, Hebrews 1.3, talking of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says, upholding all things by what? The word of his power. Now, somebody might hear me saying, but it's not working like that. I don't know about you, okay? But I know that the Bible says, let God be what? True. And every man a liar. He, God upholds all things so that the sun is still where it is. That the earth is still circulating as it is. Everything that is happening now naturally, that is allowing us to have a natural world, is based on the word. Now, this same word is saying to you something. And you're saying it cannot be. Is someone with me this morning? No, no, no. You, you must understand. The Bible says he, he sent his word. Psalm 107, 20. You can put that on the screen for us also. He said he sent his word. And the word did what? The word healed. And then delivered them. That's what his word does. His word is effective. It was effective then, it should be effective now. If it's not being effective, something is wrong. I'm waiting for the staring. Because somebody, you know, many years ago here, say we wouldn't even be bothering laying hands and doing some things. I mean, only if it's necessary, we'll do that. But you see, there are some gyrations that you see, and then your faith will rise. What are you talking about? Have you pondered, how did God say, let there be light? Yeah! See, you're laughing. That's, how, well, that's what you really think. You, you, can, you don't imagine God say, let there be light. And then this light came out. You know why I'm saying that? Because when they say God will heal somebody, you came sick. You're already planning how you go home sick. Are you getting me? But if we bring someone here now who vibrates and vibrates, say, God is going to heal somebody today. Then it's okay, God will heal me. What has changed is that the temperature and the temper and the emotion that they say the word has changed. But the word is the same. So it's no longer his word, it is the stirrings and the vibrations that you're putting your faith in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. We're still talking about his word because... You know, Isaiah 55, we know that very well, 10 to 11. It says, as the rain, you know, Isaiah 55, 10, 11, please. It says, as the rain comes down from the heavens and the snow and does not return there, but water the earth. You see, this picture is clear. If I wish, uh, do I have a bottle of water here now? Can, can somebody give me a bottle of water, please? It says, as it comes down. Yes, okay. It says, as this water comes down. It waters the earth, even though there is nothing to bring for these flowers are artificial. So, <laughs> but 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 let, let me show you a bit, just something so you understand. Let me ask you, just okay. So you say as the rain comes down, but water the earth. So unfortunately, we don't have seed. Here, okay, that it may give seed to the soil. Let me ask you now: If I pour this water, I'm not doing much. If I pour it, what happens to the floor? It is what. You know why? Water was poured on it. Okay, it doesn't matter whether I was shouting when I poured it. It doesn't matter whether I'm vibrating when I poured it. It doesn't matter when I'm dancing. If the word is poured, it will wet the floor. If the word is spoken, it will work. Is someone getting me? 
That's what it says. It says once the word goes, it's like rain. Velocity must take it to where it's going to. And when it, when it gets to where it goes to, only video can reverse it. You know in video, they can play the reverse. You see those videos they do. But this water now, before it comes back here, it will first have to go to the sky. Are you getting me? Evaporation must take place. Then the cycle will go around. Every word God speaks to you is intended to bring result. Are you hearing me? It is intended to bring result. Now look at uh, verse 11, please. Thank you. Verse 11. It says, so shall my word be that word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me what void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper. That will be our portion in the name of Jesus. From today in the name of Jesus. We will no longer be distracted in the name of Jesus. So this is what the word is. And the Lord started saying, this is, I said to this man, he didn't know me. It even gets more interesting. He said, I said to the fig tree, dry up. He also didn't know me. Are you with me? And what happened? The fig tree dried up. From today, when you go to your office, just be careful how you speak the word of God because it will work. Are you hearing me? Oh yes, it will work. Psalm 148, still on the word before we move on. Psalm 148 verse 7 and 8, I believe. Yes. It says, can, can we do this from the King James Version? I like the way King James put it. It says, praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all dips. Eight now. It says, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind, what are they all doing? All of them. All of them. All of them. One assignment, fulfilling his word. Fulfilling his word. Fulfilling... The dragons, the creatures, all the things that are in the deep, they have one assignment. God said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, fill the earth. He said, that's what they're still doing. Fire is doing his will. Snow is doing his will. Vapor, the word vapor there is talking about the clouds. He's doing his will. The stormy wind is doing his will. Everything God created is obeying his word. The challenge is this. We are the only part of God's creation that he needs permission from. That's why he said to that man, do you want to be made whole? And that's an unfortunate place. I wish God would stop taking permission from me. I just wish so. I just wish so, but you know, he's God and that's the way he said it. He would take permission from us. Every other thing in creation, he speaks it, they carry it out. He speaks it, they carry it out. Okay, so, so we see from this account that the word had to challenge the spectacular. The spiritual had to challenge the spectacular. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, the canal man. He said, you know, he can't know the things of God. The canal man is occupied with canal things, with sights, with sounds, with feelings, with, you know, all the things that the world has been able to give. Whereas the Bible says we must know that the things which are seen are what? They are temporal. But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. The carnal man judges plainly, purely, basically based on what is seen. Forgetting that the things that are seen came from the things that are what? Unseen. That's what the spiritual man now begins to understand. So you take a step back and tell yourself, the world I see, the physical things I see, came from what was not seen. Why can't I join and be part and a co-creator with my father and speak the things that should be instead of things that are? Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so a lot of master say, rise, take up your bed and walk. And I want to look at that, you know, another lesson, another angle I, I want to take from there. And then maybe we'll begin, actually begin to, to close this morning. Rise, take up your bed and walk. If you come, come down, the Jews said to this man who was cured, they said to him, what, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. So the man said, he who made me well, said to me, take up your bed and walk. Okay? That's what the man said. 
when I read this account, I wish you had your Bible, but if you don't have your Bible, look on the screen. But if you have your Bible, just put your eyes in your Bible and read that statement, removing well. Just remove well. And then don't read the second part, take up your bed. What does it say? It says, he who made me said to me. Now, I want to ask you something. Praise the Lord. Can I get your attention? He who made me said to me. We're still talking about the word. Now, if I made this watch, okay? If I made this watch. And I now come and say concerning this watch, uh, what can I say now? I say you can turn it this way. You can bring out, pull out this knob and turn this. Will you doubt? Why? I made it, okay? Now, if this watch were animate and I told it you can do A, B, C, D, will the watch tell me, don't pull my legs? Will the watch say you must be joking? Are you sure the watch won't say that? Why won't it say that? Because I made it. Thank you very much. Now, who made you? He who made you says to you, why are you doubting? Not your uncle. Not your pastor. He who made you said to you, your maker. When they do speakers, they say capacity 2,000 watts, isn't it? So you can pump up the volume and be okay that 2,000 watts it can carry. They'll say the uh, power voltage is 220 or whatever. So you can plug it into 220 and be sure it will carry, isn't it? They say this thing has a, is it a, a pastor law? When they check iron for tension, when they finish testing, they say it can carry this weight. When you put it in the bridge, you know it can carry that weight. You know why? Because the maker is speaking. Tell yourself, when my maker speaks to me, I will not disobey. I will not doubt. He is my maker. You understand? You see, psychologists come up and, you know, tell you this. Friends come up and tell you this. I, I appreciate and respect doctors. Doctors come up and tell you this. Economists come up and tell you this. It's okay, but they didn't make you. He who made me, he said to the people, the one who made me well, that's his level of revelation. So this man was able to stand against the Sanhedrin. He was able to stand against the uh, uh, Hizba police of their time, Jewish police. He was able to stand against them. Why? Because he had been infirmed for 38 years. And in one moment, one man made him whole. And he said, if the man who made me whole said to me, walk on your head. That's what I would do. Who are you to tell me not to carry my bed? What? Throw away that your law. It's not lawful for me to carry my bed. Someone made me well. After 38 years. And he said to me, carry my bed. You're coming for an argument. Go and find him and discuss with him. As far as I'm concerned, the one who made me well has a right to order me. Is someone here? That, that's what he said. The one who made me well said to me, but now come to my life. Now, I come with established situation now. The one who saved me says to me serve me and many of us they are too busy for him but we say he saved me who saved you who saved you jesus saved you now jesus says something to you what are you doing about it i think it was last sunday that we said when god speaks we, we don't try to make sense out of it because what sense did I use to figure out the configuration of my spine? Dad came here and told us that in everybody seated here, now, there are over a billion things going on in your body. And that, that over a billion things that are going on, you are not aware of up to 0.001%. They are going on without your knowledge. Why? The one who made you configured it to be so now that one is saying something to me praise the lord and i'm saying well i don't feel like well uh, you don't understand the times we live in these are modern times in these modern times you can't be too much spiritual you see you have to be tolerant you know in these modern times if a man loves a man you know then they just have to go on you see that's the way they feel they feel like that sodom and gomorrah felt like that and uh 
the one who made me. That's where we are. The one who made me. Okay. So, so Jesus heals this man. And that was the revelation he was working with. Okay. And further than which we're going to get to, you know, I, I think we're going to close soon. But there, there's another point I want us to make there. Notice that when Jesus, after Jesus had healed this man, when they asked him, who is the man or where is the man? What did he say? He said, I don't know. I don't know. Can I tell you something else now? Miracles, which is the biggest deal for a lot of us here. Breakthrough, healing, oh, uh, children, oh, triplets, oh. anything, anything that the Gentiles have eh, should not give you sleepless night. You know why? Based on scripture, it is not even a demonstration of God's love. It's a demonstration of his goodness. Praise the Lord. Jesus said to us, he said, be like your heavenly father. He said, even to the wicked, what? He said, do good to them. We are kingdom people. We belong to a master. He is doing something. Let's not downgrade our calling. So we are gathering. The only reason you are gathering is miracle. Brothers and sisters, do you live in Abuja? Okay, this Sunday, let me tell you what you're going to do this Sunday. Around five in the evening, go into the city. You see those Malan boys that are speeding with Ferrari. The way your, 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 your Coco Mercedes, the way you're entering bump and coming out. 19-year-old hmm? Mercedes. You know, you're just mising it. You see one small boy, he'll bring one 2022 car. Yes, even 2020. And just, back up, back up. They're playing with it. They have the money. You're killing yourself to get the same money. Are you wise? Get God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get God. Get God. He's the treasure that will last forever. Get God. Get him. Your joy will be full forever. It's nothing like that. Is it called girls or wrong girls? What's the name they call them now? I used to know before. I don't know now. Who knows? Ron's girls. They, they are marrying. Do you understand? Don't, don't get down to that. Your heavenly father. Isn't that what it is? He said your father in heaven. What does he do? He makes this thing. God's blessings. These good things that we're talking about. Is not a demonstration of relationship. It is the father. Do you understand? He makes it to spread all around. Are you with me? So this man, 38 years, he got his healing. Demonstration of God's goodness. Okay? But the mercy that he had was that before they closed that story, something happened. Before they closed the story, something happened. Further down the line, you know what happened? Jesus found him again. And said, now I have come to demonstrate love to you. And what is that love? Read it for me, verse 14. He says, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, notice that Jesus found him and said to him what? He says, see, you have been made well. See, you have been made what? Well. He says now what? He says, see no more, lest what? A worse thing come upon you. Now, are you following this story? I want to ask you quickly, what is worse than a 30 AD infirmity? This man is probably in his 60s or something. Is hell, is all come more. Do you understand? That's what he said. I've healed you. I'm not, I, I'm not taking the healing back. Praise the Lord. Oh, no, I'm not taking the healing back. You're solid, you're strong, and all of that. You're, everything is looking good. But please. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you this. You know, we have this uh, mentality that if, if a pastor, if a pastor speaks like this and never talks about sin and just says, God will bless you. You know, God loves you. Just reach out your hand, you know, and just embrace God. God is love. He loves you, you know. Oh yeah, mosquito is not going to bite you. <laughs> you know, and, and he, he's just nice. He said, oh, that pastor is loving. No, that pastor is nice. He doesn't love you. He's wicked. 
you understand? He's wicked. You know why? Anybody that does not tell you this thing Jesus told him doesn't love the person. Because you know why? Do you know why? If he goes and sins, he'll go to hell. 38 years infirmity is a lot of problem. But side by side with eternal damnation is not even the beginning. Do you understand? Anybody who loves you will tell you sin no more. That's where I'm going. Go and read the scriptures. You know, you know people, it's because most of us don't read our Bibles. That's why we are so easily deceived. I want to give you a challenge before the end of the year. Read through the words of Christ. Read through the gospels and especially the words in red. And see who warned people more about hell than any other person. It's Jesus. You know why? He knows what it is. And you know why again? He loves us more than any other person. He said to him, sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, the argument whether sin was a cause of his infirmity, you know, we can't get into that here, okay? But what he was telling him is this. I've given you physical healing, but spiritual healing is more important for you. Now, as we round up, okay? We see in this account something that is going on here now, okay? Our Lord Jesus says, Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's reminding. He says to a man, 38 years infirm, rise up, take your bed and what? And walk. And we see the man walking. Okay? So he comes to this side and says to the same man, sin no more. Hmm? You know what we see? It's not easy. It's not possible. I will not. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The words were spoken by the same person. They carry the same power. When the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Now, I don't know diverse, different people's experiences, but whether you, either way, we continue to grow as long as we're on this side of eternity. We are growing, we are being perfected by the day. Praise the Lord. But what I'm trying to say is this. If Jesus' word saved you, which means you have been born again by the incorruptible seed. If that word brought a birth in you, then your life must continually, daily respond to that word. You cannot be born again and not be changing. The word is the same. You can't, no, it's not possible. This man, the word had healed him. Why can't the word keep him from fornication? Why can't the world keep him from stealing? Why can't the world keep him from addiction? Why? You know why? Because the healing one he wanted. This other one he doesn't want. And we said here, God cannot force a man he has created. He has made us in his image. You have to say, Lord, I'm willing. I surrender to your word. Is someone hearing me? So you're here today. All I've come to tell us is that the word is effective. Praise the Lord. The word, yes, blesses. The word heals. The word empowers. When the word says somebody is listening to me and you're in an office and there's a challenge in that office and the spirit of the Lord dropped in your, you know, in your spirit. It says you shall be above and not beneath. Then be certain that that will happen. Speak. Open up your mind. Say, do not even prepare in advance. For the spirit of the living God of your father will give you what to say at that hour. Do not doubt he's going to do that. But now when God now says to you, please can you not disobey me? Don't push him aside. Because it's the same word. You know what that begins to do? It be, if, if you do that, it begins to create what they call them. You see, I just speak some of these things. I don't. What's that thing that happens at the head of a car battery? That even though the co connector is there, after some time, there is no contact. There's an electrical. Sorry? Eh? Erosion. Corrosion, thank you. And, and you open your car battery and you see that a lot of smudge is around the head. 
the battery has life. The cable is there. But what has happened is no longer contacting. Why? Because over some time, some impurities have gotten in. Why? That is why the other side doesn't seem to work for us. You know why? Because when it says to you, be healed, and you are to be healed immediately. If it says, obey me, and you don't obey him. If he allows the two continue to work in the same power, you'll be killed. So they have to keep reducing the voltage. Until the word in your life becomes like lullaby. So when you hear the word of God, it's like a nice song. You know, they told us, I think it's Jeremiah Ezekiel. He said, you're to, like to these people, like a nice singer. You just sing and they enjoy this. Why? Because they can't be at the other side. That's why in the beginning of the church, when Ananias and Sapphira came, the pastor didn't kill them. The pastor didn't kill them. It was just the word that was working. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is fire. The Holy Spirit is power. Okay? So you come in the presence of the Holy Spirit. They say, uh, how much did you buy this thing? You bought it 50,000. Say, how much did you buy it? Say 100,000. An accident or cause. You, just, you and the Holy Spirit will just jam like this. He didn't come to kill you. You will just have, you, know, you just meet. So to avoid that, you know what happens? You know what happens to avoid that? Are you with me? You know what happens? The Holy Spirit won't come at all. So he can say, fire, fall, fire, fall. Florescent will, will give you light. Because if the fire falls, there will be barrier. How many of us are today going to say, Lord, let's get back to where it says dragons, deeps, fire, hail, storm, clouds, everything, fulfilling his word. Do you want everybody to fulfill his word? Let's rise on our feet. Because I, 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 I told us many, you know, I keep telling us, one of the things prayer is about is I go to God in prayer and say, Lord, deliver me from this thing. Do you understand? Oh, 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 oh. I said I will round up. That's why. <laughs> I said I will round up. But can I tell you, our lost prayer our Lord's prayer, when he says, deliver me from evil, you think it's just deliver me from the devil. It's deliver me so I won't do evil. How many of us spend time there? This my mouth, deliver me. This my hand, this my body. I'm just moving like this, following women. I'm just moving like this, following men. Deliver me, Lord, from evil. It's not deliver. The devil is not your biggest problem. Who is the devil? Who is the devil? We are seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. God has made nonsense of the devil. The evil that you should be delivered from is the evil that dilutes the efficacy of God's word in your life. Because when God in his love senses you are not serious, he withdraws everything. Because if he brings the one that will get you up to work and then sin no more, you don't listen to that, you will kill yourself. So that's why we come and we make a lot of noise. That's why we're pursuing miracles. You and I should not pursue miracles. The children of Israel, when they wake up, a miracle was waiting for them. God knows the way that you take. Before you get there, he makes a way. That's the way it should be. We shouldn't be crying, oh Lord. Say, he that fits the buds of the air and clothes the lilies of the field. Is he not your father? Isn't that what we sang today? But if you don't take him serious, he has to get out of the show. He has to get out of the show. Rise, take up your bed and walk. 38 years in front of me to get up. Then you say, don't lie again. And then you're lying like somebody reading network news. From beginning to end is a lie. I want you to ask the Lord, or rather not ask the Lord, I want you to tell the Lord the standard you want. Do you, do you want revival? Do you want to, to because that man, we, we went told of, of him again, but we don't know which side he chose. Did he choose, don't worry, you know, I don't want the power of the world, let me leave. But if you want to live with the power, the Bible says, I think it's Isaiah 30 something, I can't remember. But it says, who amongst you? He said, so this is the way he said, he says, the sinners in Zion are afraid. He said, the hypocrites are terrified. He said, who amongst you shall dwell with the everlasting fire? The real church, oh my God, the real church, Mm. There are people, they, 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 we will rise up and walk, but sin no more. We'll be running from sin. 
We are in a generation where people come and they're asking, how much can I sin and God won't mind? How far can I go? You've not, you, 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 if you touch the power, there's no child I know that that's saying, don't touch the iron, it will burn you. After that iron burns that child, there's no child that says to the father, how close can I get to the iron? I've, I've, just, I've just come to, 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 to beg us and say, can we choose the word? And say, let the word come to my life in full power. And if you are afraid, don't be afraid because it says where sin abounds, what happens? Grace abounds much more. You cannot not want to sin and sin will overtake. You know, it says sin shall no longer what? Have dominion. That one is dealt with. He will not have dominion. But if you invite it, it will come in. But dominion, the authority in Christ takes care of that. Is someone hearing me? The blood of Jesus takes care of that. Dominion, it takes care of that. But when you invite it, God will have no choice. Why? Because the Bible says, to whomsoever you present your bodies, yourselves, servants, slaves to obey. He said, you're that one slaves. It's a presentation. So this morning, we started by the effectiveness of the word. This word, he sent it and it healed and it brought deliverance. It did not return to invite this word. Do you want that word? Can I hear you? Thank you. That means you want sanctification. I want you to ask the Lord. This from today. Me that I'm standing here. Lord, I receive power. I receive grace. I receive wisdom. I receive revelation. Last week, we were talking about God always has a way. Do you know that God's way to deliver many Christians out of deep trials is that they sin not? Is that they sin not? Oh, yes. The person who is telling you not to sin doesn't hate you. If Joseph, if Joseph did not say no to Potiphar's wife, he would not have smelled the palace. It was the no that sent him to prison. I know many times they teach you, Joseph, and tell you favor, raise them up. Obedience, raise them up. They tell you one day, he slept one night as a prisoner and woke up the other day. Yes, because he didn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. If he slept with Potiphar's wife, he would have slept many nights until he was buried as a slave. You know, we take the gospel and we preach nonsense, you know, from the Bible. Why are people deceiving us? God said to him, see, you have been made well. The least, the one that is common, you have it. But can I tell you, there's a better place. There's a place of relationship. There's a place of friendship. There's a place of restoration. There's a place of a joy that knows no bounds. The songwriter says, such joy, such unspeakable joy, such peace, pure and you see, there's a place we Christians should dwell in. That's the place where they envy us. I've repented many years ago. I was looking for prosperity to, to win the unbelievers. Anybody preaching that gospel to you is not telling you the truth. Are you listening to me? You don't need prosperity to witness the unbelievers. You know why? What you need is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing that breaks yokes. If not, you, may, you would have converted to Islam. Because the Muslims are richer than us. If it's prosperity that wins converts. It's the anointing. It's the peace that you carry. It's the presence of God. It's the approval of, it's the contentment of God. It's the weight of his glory. They just look at you. My wife went somewhere to minister and they were saying you're so rich. Yes, she's so rich with God's presence. Because it couldn't have been the car she went with. Your car wasn't the newest car. Your car was... 20, how many years old? Do you understand? And this, your, the hair you went with is not bone straight. There is bone straight, Abby. Is, is this one bone straight? Barry Starring, you savvy that one. You know, no, you're not a local woman. So, the pre- when you carry the presence, oh Lord, <laughs> I've rounded up. <laughs> no, no, I haven't rounded up. Can we bow our heads? All eyes closed, please. Very serious business. Can you play for me? How can I stand here with you and not be moved by you? 
God is here. Don't mind that we are laughing. God is here. Today is a day of deliverance for somebody. Somebody had been asking questions. What is going on? Jesus sent me to tell you. See, I did that for you. Okay? And I asked you to do this for yourself. But you wouldn't. So I have to, I have to step down the power. That's why I can't come. If I come, there will be danger. There will be trouble. There will be trouble. The Bible says about, about people saying, where is his coming? They have been saying he's coming. He's, he says he's long suffering. That is keeping him. He can't come now. We are not ready. But this morning, somebody is saying, Lord, I'm returning to you. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Today is your day of salvation. He wants to start afresh. Today is your day of recreation in him. That Today is that day that you will surrender to Jesus and say, I will not turn back. You're here this morning. I want to pray with you. You can raise your hand anywhere you are. Quickly, please. So, so I can pray with you. You're saying, preacher, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. Today, today, not tomorrow. If you're, yes, yes, you can raise that hand. And then maybe your own is not even, you're not surrendering. You're rededicating your life. You're saying, today, I am coming on this thing. And I want the grace of God to carry me. I want to press on in this journey. I want to push forward. If you're there, I want to pray with you before I step down. I'm I'm, I'm stepping down. Are you there? Are you coming? Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you today. I'm coming. You are Lord. I come to surrender my life to you. I run to you. I need salvation. I need deliverance. I need your touch. I need to be reunited with the efficacy, the power, the dynamics of your word. You are life. You are love. You are Lord over everything. I want to surrender this life to you. Please, if the Lord is staring you, can you come? Can you raise that hand so I can see you and pray with you, please, quickly? Are, are you doing that? Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Okay, can we all rise on our feet? As we just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, send your spirit upon me afresh. I don't want to be a multitude. I don't want to be a number in the multitude. No, I want to encounter you. Can you help me with that song? Who is helping us with the song? How can I stand here with you? And not be, I, can't, I, I don't want to come to church and not encounter you. No, we, we can do that. I don't want to go for the program and not meet with you. What else? His word is coming. Lord, I open up my heart. I open up my life. I surrender. Touch me, Lord. Move me, Lord. However you want to do it. However you want to do it, Lord. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. How, how, can, I, how can I come to church? How can I come into your presence? And not be transformed. And not be renewed. And not be changed. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center. Off Bannock's Warren Park Expressway near next Cash and Carry Abuja 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday call us on 070-31-588-404 you can also find us online on our website www.thefatherschurchonline.org Facebook Facebook.com slash The Father's Church. Our Twitter handle at T Father's Church. Also on Instagram, The Father Church. God bless you.